The Interrobank podcast is brought to you by Simply Financial. Flex on your ex-bank with up to $700 from Simply Financial. Visit simply.com today. Conditions apply. So hello and welcome to the Red Couch Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Harrietha. So uh, it is Black History Month. We're about a week in uh, and Fanshawe's got a lot going on. So uh, who better to tell us all about what Fanshawe has going on than uh, Fanshawe's anti-racism and inclusion specialist, Troy Townsend. Welcome to the podcast, Troy. Thank you for having me, Ben. Um, thanks for inviting me today. I've got a lot to talk about. So I've got my laptop with me because I had pages of information. And I didn't want to trust my memory. No, that's perfect. I mean, like, it shows that you're prepped. That's what I. That's what we love to see on the podcast. Okay. All right, perfect. So um, for any uh, viewer or listener who doesn't know us, uh, could you just introduce yourself, I guess, first to the, to the audience? Sure. My name is Troy Townsend, and I am the Anti-Racism and Inclusion Specialist at Fanshawe College. So what does, what does that job entail mm-hmm. as the Anti-Racism and Inclusion Specialist? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I can begin with, I'm basically the first point of contact for outreach and intervention for any students who are experiencing cases of discrimination or bias on campus. Mm. And and, and it's so that the, you're the first point of contact for that. And uh, is, is that all that there is to the job? I assume not, because <laughs> there's always more to the job. No, absolutely not. I can give you the whole list. I can run down Let's all do the it. duties. We got all the time. Okay. So since I started this role in July, so I'm six months in, I have been attending and participating in lots of student outreach events and activities, starting with the Pride Parade in July. Mm -hmm. And then I found that the more outreach and exposure that I have with students, um, the more the students are actually reaching out to me. So then my caseload, my student caseload is becoming busier and heavier, um, which is a good thing, but it also indicates that there's so many actual cases of discrimination happening on campus. Of course. Yeah, so I have a busy student caseload and I either advocate for students in a variety of equity deserving issues or have been able to refer them to other further resources or assistance outside of the college or within the college community. Um, I serve on the EDI and anti-oppression task force. I've run a number of social media campaigns for diverse dates of significance each month hosted some events like the Transgender Day of Remembrance on November 17th and the National Day of Remembrance of Violence Against Women on December 6th. I've partnered with other areas of the college to bring some events together. I've hosted a new video series called EDI Talks. You may have seen it. It's released uh, on the portal each month that I do a different topic each month and I discuss issues like Islamophobia, multiculturalism, disability, anti-black racism, and I've invited campus guests to speak on a panel with me. I myself have been invited to give presentations in classrooms or to programs on EDI-related topics. I talk about dimensions of diversity, cultural competencies, campus inclusion, 2S LGBTQIA plus allyship. I've participated on panel discussions and I've been writing, 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 always writing so much content because everything's new. I'm creating it. So mm-hmm. I'm developing all of these pieces. And in addition to all of that that I do on campus, I continue to serve on a couple of committees outside of the college community where I network with other folks who are all working on equitable social justice issues. 
You're right. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a, a little bit. Yeah, that's a lot compared to compared to what I do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so uh, you you said you were hired in July, so a little over six months, which is first off, that's fun. I was hired in August, so we've, we've been working both for the college around the same amount of time. How are you feeling about the position? You know, kind okay. of six months in. Sure. So just to clarify, I oh. am new to the role, but I'm not new to the college. Oh. I have been here since. 1984, so since probably most of the viewers before they were born. Um, a little before my time. Yeah, so I have worked in nine different areas of the college, but most extensively, I was almost 20 years with Tourism and Hospitality. I was part-time faculty and the academic advisor for Tourism and Hospitality for many years, and then left the college for five years. I left in 2015 and came back in 2020, right before COVID. So. Um, I was put into lockdown with everybody else and of just course, kind yeah. of made myself available to do what could be done. And I was spread out uh, around the college in areas that needed help. And then this position was created. So I found my home base, kind of. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, how do I feel going in? Um, I, I feel really good about it. I'm loving what I'm doing. If there was ever a perfect job that was created for the perfect person, this is the job and I am that person. But it does show me how much work needs to be done. I imagine, yeah. It's, it's almost like you, you talk about how many caseloads you get as a, uh, for, for students, and it's almost like uh, like your work is almost cut out for you in a way of like what you got to do. And it's it's kind of a shame that you have so many caseloads, right. but obviously, you know, at least we can help those. Like you can help those people out uh, as best to your abilities. Um, so you, you said you've you've done a whole lot of stuff. Uh, what was where were you at it in that in that like five year period between Fanshawe ah. and uh, and and well Fanshawe Fanshawe I guess. Yeah, that's right. So great question. So about fifteen years ago, I think no, it's almost twenty years ago. In two thousand and four to two thousand and six, I was working up in disability services. It was called at the time, and I worked in the Toss Center, and that began my journey of advocating for students with disabilities. So. In 2015, I was offered a full-time job as a program coordinator with Hutton House Learning Center, which mm -hmm. is a resource center for adults with disabilities. And I created a training program, a hospitality training program to place students um, into hospitality field. And I had a 100% placement rate. The program was extended a little bit. And because it was a government contract, the contract ended. Right. And I was out of work for about six months. And a former student that I had sent out to Royal Roads on Vancouver Island contacted me and told me about uh, a job opening that was there and said, you should come out here. And I looked at the posting. It closed that night, but because of the three hour time difference, I still had time to get my application in Perfect. before it closed. And I got the job. I went out there 2017, 18 and 19. And it was a life changing experience. The motto, the motto at Royal Roads is life changing and it really did change my life. And then I came back here, I think more equipped to handle roles of this nature. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And uh, you said it was out in Vancouver? In Vancouver Island, Royal Roads University on Vancouver Island. Wow, that must yeah. have been a pretty big change. <laughs> it was an amazing experience. I lived and worked in the middle of the Pacific rainforest. So 
Uh, Royal Roads is set in 53 acres of National Protected Heritage Rainforest. So it's a national park. It's built on indigenous land. So there's lots of government agencies that are involved in it as well because Mm -hmm. municipality, because it's a school, but it's um, federal because it's a national park and um, the indigenous the indigenous leaders are in charge of it as well. That is the coolest thing ever, actually. And that also began my journey in learning about indigagogy and um, the indigenous ways of knowing and learning. And when I came back, oh, I was also on, um, I also took a course and became a safe space provider there as well. So like I said, it was all these little pieces wrapped up together, my work for advocacy with people with disabilities, mm-hmm. um, just being black by nature and the lived experiences that I've had, learning about indigenous ways of learning and knowing, it just, all these different pieces just seem to fit. Yeah, it all, it's it's everything came together to be uh, like where you are in the position you are now. It's all, it all came together perfectly. Exactly, as as life sometimes does. Exactly, that's how it happens, you know? Um, So um, what what does this position, I guess, I guess mean to you? You 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 kind of mentioned that you know you you you're a black woman obviously and so I wanted to, like what does this position mean to you personally I guess yeah it's almost like my swan song if it's very fulfilling for sure and if I can leave and retire in this position and know that I'm kind of leaving leaving a legacy behind where I don't expect to be affecting immediate change in this role but perhaps by the time I retire some changes will be in place and policies will be in place that start to affect change. So I think that that would be like my lasting legacy for Fanshawe because I've spent most of my adult working life here. Yeah. So you'd, you'd obviously yeah, you'd want to have like a you want to hope you have an impact on it and I hope so too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what are you most proud of so far? Like, what have you done so far? It could be, you know, as your position as the anti-racism and inclusion specialist, or it could be anything at all in your entire career. Like, what have you done that you are like, I am proud that I did that? Um, does it have to be work-related? Um, no, can it, it be personal? It can be personal. So I'm most proud of my three children because they are amazing human beings. They're amazing individuals. They're all adults now and they're each so unique. They're all very musical. It's a very musical family. Um, My daughter is a teacher. She teaches art and music. And one of my, well, both my sons are professional musicians and one went to MIA here. That's awesome. Yeah, so they're just great people. And it's neat to have a relationship with your adult children once they grow up. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had that experience quite yet. So uh, no. we'll see. Uh, I'm sure. But maybe <laughs> maybe with your parents, maybe your parents feel the same way. I hope so. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> All right. And, and uh, so I guess here's, here's the big one. Can we get an insight into what's happening uh, for Black History Month at Fanshawe? Oh, lots going on, Fanshawe. Lots going on. So the EDI team is very pleased to be in a position this year after we've come out of COVID lockdown to um, expand our activities on campus with a lot of different events to commemorate Black History Month for the first time. And we're excited to advance our anti-racism efforts a little bit further with all of this exposure. Our EDI team um, will be hosting our series, EDI Talks, for the month of February and will feature a panel of financial guests who would join me in a discussion around the importance of Black history in Canada. The EDI team will also be reaching out with four calls of action one action for each week of the month, the first one going out on Wednesday, February the 1st, 
And these calls to action will represent ways that the whole Fanshawe community can be involved in opposing anti-Black racism, allyship, and support. And it will include links to articles, video shorts, documentaries, things to do, local sites and resources around town. Perfect. Yes, there's some more. There's more. So that's let's, just let's like it. that's just the first four things. <laughs> we we've also partnered with the Library Learning Commons to bring a few on-campus activities between February 3rd to the 24th, and students will be able to go into the library and engage with their interactive display. They've got a Black History Month display. They've also started a Reading Week challenge for Reading Week. The librarians selected a book that is entitled Shut Up You're Pretty by Black Canadian author Tia Mutoni. And there are prize giveaways for students who enter the challenge. Uh, the library is also going to host an online zine for students who are invited to collaborate on. So you can put your entries in and also a button making machine that you can create some funky buttons with um, anti-racism slogans. And students can also learn how to play dominoes. The final thing we're going to culminate with um, a very exciting event. We're happy to join with the FSU to present a Black History Month guest speaker event on Thursday, February 16th in the Oasis from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, black historian Heather Reynolds will speak about local black history in the southwestern Ontario region, which is actually very rich and diverse and detailed history dating back hundreds of years. Local anti-racism advocate and life coach Jennifer Slay is our keynote speaker. The event is free, it's open to everyone, and we're just asking folks to sign up on the Eventbrite link. We're very fortunate that both of these speakers were available during a busy month, so we snagged them and we're excited to bring them. You can watch for all of these events on social media posts and announcements that are dropping like every week all over. Um, check the four platforms. The um, Fanshawe Radio Station 106.9 X is also going to be blasting out some information. The Eventbrite link to register for the speaker event and the link to enter the, radio, the reading challenge will also be on the social media posts. Perfect. That was, a, that was a lot. That was a lot. It was a great summary, though. I, I, I understand exactly what's going on now. Great. Perfect. Great. How, how is it planning all this kind of stuff? Because I imagine it's, it's a lot. It's fun. It is a lot. Um, yeah, I've worked uh, pretty much every weekend in January so far. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a lot. I will be getting some downtime when this is all over. But I love doing this. It's in my nature. I'm a grad of the hospitality program as well. That's why mm -hmm. I was teaching in it for almost 20 years. So, yeah, um, I have done this extensively before. So, so yeah. it's, it's all in your wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like it's new skills. No, no. no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Um, and uh, and so I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Um, why, why is Black History Month important, not just to black students, but to all, all Fanshawe students? Yeah, it, because black history is Canadian history. I like to tell people it's true. And if you just think about how many aspects of your life have been, um, have, have been influenced by black culture, music, sports, art, it's everywhere. So why not learn about it? Why not learn about the history and where it comes from and what the origins are? Yeah, and I and I imagine Canada has like a, a, a very different history uh, with uh, when it comes to Black history as opposed to somewhere like America. Exactly. And I imagine we've got our own unique history because sometimes with as Canadians, you know, we get almost a little Americanized, and everything kind of goes, you know, everyone. We're the, a lot of people assume that we have the same kind of history here. You nailed it, and that's 
really true. Um, I try to keep the content for this month very Canadian focused with a Canadian lens because like you said, it's a very different story than our US counterparts or even in other places like Europe or even in South Africa. Mm -hmm. They have their own story about black history. So Canada's is quite different. Um, It's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily as different. Like there's a lot of the same themes involved in the struggles and the resilience and the oppressions but the story is this individual stories are different and that's what people need to learn about like for instance i've got a link in one of the posts that will be going out about jean augustine who was the first woman of color to make it to the house of commons and she was actually the one that started black history month in canada in 1995. 1995 yes right (laughs) like where have we been yeah so we played catch up for a little bit so Wow. And I believe in the U.S. Black History Month started in 1979. Wow. So she was uh, advocating for this and put a motion through the House of Commons until it was accepted. Yeah. That is, I would have never thought it is is that recent recent of a thing. Like that's only, that's only six years before I was born. Like that's not. Yeah. Oh, wow. So there's so much history that's been. Um, lost or not even not even known about. So, for instance, I don't even know if you know that London is home to um, a slave fugitive slave chapel oh. that just got moved, and it was down the street from my house in Old South London, and it just got moved this fall out to the Fanshawe Pioneer Village. Um, they London's Black History Coordinating Committee was applying for funding, got approved from a government sponsor to refurbish and resettle out at the pioneer village where it belongs so it's it's a piece of history it's like this was this was a very this happened last time too oh dear (laughs) (laughs) these automatic lights perfect there we go go. do we just keep going just keep keep rolling (laughs) okay so this was a very integral part of london's involvement in the underground railroad and Mm. slave chapel was a destination on that on the railroad path as well as chatham and dresden all these areas in southwestern ontario that were part of the underground underground railroad um uncle tom's cabin is a historic uh history site and museum that's out just past chatham Mm -hmm. ontario a lot of people don't know that. So lots of rich history here. Yeah, and because uh, I mean, like when I took history and to be fair, that was back in like high school in grade 10, a lot of that stuff like the Underground Railroad and like was a lot of it was just kind of broad strokes, you know, the whole the a frame of it. I never knew stuff about like that. This was like a destination here for mm-hmm. people like, yes, it's so it's I think I think it's good that we're yeah, we're trying to teach people specifically, I think, can, not only Canadian black history but local black history exactly. this is local to london like this that's is right you know so i don't know if you know out in westminster ponds here in london um there is the meeting tree mm-hmm. it's a 600 year old willow tree that was actually one of the meeting places on the underground railroad and everybody identified the tree because of its size and its shape 600 years old that's gonna yeah. be massive it is it's quite massive. Go take a walk out there. Yeah. And, and if you are into nature and want to have a nature hike, that's one thing you can do to um, call to action. 
Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm noodling. It's, uh, you know, learning all these things is like, I'm loving it. Sorry, perfect. And, and um, can we get like a look forward into the future for anti-racism at Fanshawe? Like what's planned for, like, like what, are we, what are our plans for this year, I guess? Yep, so there are a few things in the works, lots of planning. Um, but like I mentioned, as I get busier with student cases, I realize that I might have to balance my workload. Um, I will continue to do weekly, sometimes daily social media blasts and posts. Um, I will continue to do an EDI talk each month with a different equity deserving topic. One thing, like I said, that I'm noticing is how important this work is. And it's disappointing that I'm so busy because I have to give some things up in order to handle more student cases, which is my priority. Um, it continue, if we continue to grow at this pace, then I might have to redistribute some of the workload and shuffle things around. But at this time, I can say we are working on a number of things, new things to come out for the next year. We're working on training modules to roll out to the whole college community. Eventually, I'd like to roll out a language guide to introduce more inclusive language to campus and remove some of the stigma around words that are misused in our vernacular. Next year, I hope to showcase uh, some different equity-deserving groups and um, come up with more ideas for bigger events like I'm doing for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. One thing that I would like to acknowledge, though, is all this work. I mean, I've said a lot and I've given you a lot of information, but um, it might seem that I'm working alone. And even though I am in this role alone, I am not working alone. I have a lot of um, areas and partners and partnerships around the college, people who have been so encouraging, enthusiastic to come out and come forward to assist me with the work I'm doing. RBM have been a real delight to work with, and they're always on board with some of my ideas, no matter how ambitious they may seem. RBM stands for Reputation Brand Management, which is Fanshawe's like corporate communications area. Yep. And um, the Institute of Indigenous Learning. I've worked on three separate events now with our friends there, and they've all been quite successful in terms of meaning and impact and how they serve our Indigenous colleagues. The Library Learning Center has a great team, and they bring a lot of value to the work I'm doing with their ideas. And the FSU, like things like this, collaborating, some fun experience work with um, my very limited knowledge of how to roll out events here, and you folks have been very helpful. That's what I love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I, and I can confirm, I, I've been to a couple of the events. Like I was at I was at the Orange Short Day and it was it was great. Yeah. Oh, you were there. I was yeah. there. Yeah. OK, yeah. great. I was covering for, for the paper. So, yeah, I was there. But it was it was a great event. And you guys, it it, it it felt like good. Like it was a good event. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it in any yeah. other way than that. Yeah. Working towards reconciliation can be hard. It's a hard discussion to have. But um, and that was the first event of its kind. So hopefully looking forward, it will lead to more. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. And you, and you mentioned, um, you know, you blast you put out posts on social media almost uh, almost daily at this point. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what is the social media so that people can follow uh, can follow along with it? So I believe so it comes out from RBM Corporate Communications mm -hmm. um, and I believe they put it out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram, the four usual platforms. Yeah. So it's just I'm not sure. Okay, we'll put we'll put that in. <laughs> uh, all right, perfect. And is there anything else that you'd like to add before we go and finish up? Um, I just call on everyone who's watching to maybe get involved for Black History Month. And it's not just about one month, but it's like 
like I said, black history is Canadian history. So it's like the work is to be done every month, you know, show your allyship, get involved, um, read, learn. I've got lots of links and information and come out and come out to some of the events and contact me if you want to volunteer for anything, because I'm always looking for student volunteers. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. This has been a great episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. I absolutely have. Can I just give you my email address too? So if students want to contact yeah, me, of yeah, it's very simple. It's edi at fanshawc.ca. Perfect. edi at fanshawc.ca. Just to repeat that, make sure people get it twice. You know, get it stuck in their head. All right, perfect. So, and thank you guys for listening to the podcast or watching the podcast. Uh, follow us on all of our socials to keep up with what's happening with Interrobang and the Red Couch Podcast. And for the Red Couch Podcast, I'm your host, Ben Harriet. The Interrobang Podcast is brought to you by Simply Financial. Flex on your ex bank with up to $700 from Simply Financial. Visit simply.com today. Conditions apply.